0: Welcome back to another episode of the Marketing Breakthrough Podcast. Today I get to introduce you to a couple that India and I have had the chance to talk to and have conversation with and learn from and really glean from. There's a lot of our business that has come from conversation with Caitlin, but we want you to meet this couple because they are absolutely phenomenal people, but also they are living life in a way that very few people do. They sold off their belongings in Southern California. They packed a couple of bags, rented out their home, and they decided to travel the world as entrepreneurs and with their kids. They set up their businesses that they have individually, and then they also work together within business. And they decided to set up their businesses. They got them ready in order to make the move to travel the globe. They're called All Over the Map family on Instagram. So at all over the map family, and they are doing some things that are absolutely amazing. Another thing that you'll hear more about is Caitlin's ecstatic sales training, where she learned to fall in love with the idea of sales because she truly had something remarkable to offer her clients. So get ready to dive in as we listen to this interview, or as you listen to this interview with Michael and Caitlin Domner. Entrepreneurs shouldn't be stuck. It's unnecessary, it's frustrating, and unfortunately, it's where most of us end up landing.
1: Your business should serve you, your dreams, and the future you set out
0: to create. So let's destroy the myth that you have to work 60, 80, or 120 hours a week in order to make your dreams a reality. I'm Jay.
1: And I'm India. This is the Marketing Breakthrough Podcast. Let's
0: Let's get get to it. it. Well, Caitlin and Michael, we are so excited to have you on the show and we're so excited to introduce people to you because you have been, you've actually probably been a more pivotal part in our business than you are aware of. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, I want to start by asking you guys, will you introduce yourselves and tell us what you do? Because the other day I was telling somebody that I was going to have an interview with you and they're like, what does she do? And I was like, I don't know exactly. <laughs> um <laughs> So we'll start I, don't
2: think, that I don't think anybody really knows what we do I think everybody's convinced we must be independently wealthy because that I think was how people used to travel so we you'd have to like save up a bunch of money and then you'd go travel for a while and use up all your funds and now we're like oh no we just own businesses and we run them from wherever we have wi-fi so our daughter does school on wi-fi we do work on wi-fi so we have a pretty strong need for good internet when we travel, which is obviously a constraining factor when we're making travel plans. But yeah, so I, for the last 10, 11 years, I've had a sales uh, recruitment and training company called Virtual Coaching Sales. And that's morphing into more of like a lifestyle brand where I'm teaching people like, I call it emotional alignment. And it so happens that we use sales as our path to self-actualization. So, so it's taking a bit of a pivot to be more spiritual connection uh, focused, but that's what I do. And then Michael, you can tell them what you do on your
3: side. <laughs> uh, well, so I support uh, kind of that, uh, the, the sales business on the backside, uh, doing a lot of the behind the scenes work. Uh, and then yes. I also do uh, trading. So I do options trading. I, I started a business for a while to train other people how to do options trading, but we didn't have as many interested people as we thought we would. So now I just uh, I have a business partner that I do trading with a couple times a week. And yeah, so that's uh, that's what I do.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well that that helps a lot and so from there and you mentioned earlier traveling. So this summer or I, I don't actually know when it was, but at some point in this last year you decided to go and leave your lives in California and go do something else. So tell us more
3: about that. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been Goodness, almost eighteen months now, almost a year and a half. It was uh, July first of twenty twenty one. We took off from uh, from our home in California, and there was a lot of a lot of pre work too. I think we spent uh, two years just getting ready for it. We literally cleared out our house, sold everything. Not the we house, left.
2: actually. We we, yeah, we are renting the out the house. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, uh, but everything in it we had to get rid of, and and we left. We we did about a six week road trip across the U S. We decided we wanted to show the kids what their country looked like before we just took off uh, across the ocean uh, and then we yeah we, we started off with our original plan we had like the whole two and a half years planned out like we're gonna go here stay two days go here stay two days I mean like literally it was I think
2: it was uh, like 60 countries in 24 months was, yeah, it was, was, it was, was the goal
3: was wow pretty intense we've since changed that tune a little bit <laughs> now, <laughs> now we're like ah, if we spend if we spend at least Two weeks in every single place, and more like a month in each country is kind of uh, yeah. I think
2: I think we've averaged twenty-one countries in eighteen months. Leave but it we to- keep we keep getting slower uh as oh, we go. Yeah. Yeah. Leave
1: it to entrepreneurs to turn traveling into a job and almost like a race,
3: <laughs> right? Yeah. A
2: competitive sport. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> it was the first three months. I think we we did. We were moving like every three or four days. We were going to a new city, and it was just. It was insanity. We were we were like so wiped out by the time we got to where was it Quito, Ecuador in like mid-October, I think all of us got sick and we just we just took like three weeks and just hunkered down in Quito, Ecuador. We were like, Okay, we gotta we gotta figure something out here because We were sick. in a
2: modern apartment building with a supermarket and a movie theater. And after like three months in Central America, I was like, We're not leaving. I I can buy a that is cold. <laughs> like this is this is this This is it. We've made it to civilization.
0: (laughs) That Um, is incredible. (laughs) That's that's um, so great. And I was gonna say, like, we so we have not we've not done the country thing, but we've gone on road trips. And so, 2018, we went on a month long road trip, and we met up with 18 different people along that one month stint. And most of them were like between the Arizona and LA, like Phoenix mm -hmm. and LA area. And so, like, we got back, and I was like, that was so busy. We are not doing that again. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah.
2: Yeah, you're like, well, while I'm in the area, we might as well see this and that and this too. Also this. Well, that's a bucket <laughs> list item. We can't miss that, right? So it's it's been really hard because one of the things that changed Michael's plans, because he did, he had everything mapped out for all two years. And then we all know COVID hit. It didn't really change our timing much, but it did change our location much. So for example, after Ecuador, we were supposed to go to Peru and do Machu Picchu and they were saying, "Nope, you need two face masks and a face shield for anybody over the age of two, indoors, outdoors." I was like, "No, no, we are not. Like, our kids are not, <laughs> not going to subjecting our children to that. You know, <laughs> that." Oh my god! Um, and then, like Chile, required vaccinations for the kids, which we haven't vaccinated them. So it's just things like that. So we went to Argentina instead, and we spent three months in Argentina before going to Antarctica. So it was, it was one of those things where we kind of just had to rearrange who was gonna let us in. Another funny story was we went, this year, we went to Thailand, but Thailand, our paperwork got messed up. And so we were stuck in the South Korean airport for five days. South Korea wouldn't let us off their- the in, Outside of their airport, because we don't have a visa to go to South Korea. And Thailand won't let us in. So in the three days that it took us to get our paperwork resubmitted, our PCR test expired. So, and and the South Korean airport is fabulous, but doesn't have a way to test for COVID. So we literally were like trapped and we're like, we can't even go back to the United States without a PCR test. So finally, Cambodia opened up that Tuesday and said, you don't need a PCR to come to Cambodia. So we're like, Cambodia, here we come. And we spent two weeks <laughs> in Cambodia because it was the only place on the planet that didn't require a PCR test. So yeah, that's been a bit of a whirlwind trying to navigate those logistics
1: that is nuts wow i i can't even imagine like way to be like super positive about a seemingly terrifying experience. <laughs>
2: of any
3: of any airport in the world the, the the south korean airport at incheon is is incredible it was and it was I mean, it's like this huge, modern, like millions of square feet and nobody's going through it because it's COVID. So our kids are like exploring all the terminals. They have a robot that you'd like tell it what terminal you need to go to and it'll lead you there. Yeah. So our kids made a best friend in the in, in the Seoul <laughs> airport. Awesome. They're like, we have to go back to South Korea so we can see. I don't even remember what her name was now, but. Airdrop,
2: back- smile. Yeah. So find their, their robot buddy. It, we made yeah. them watch the terminal with Tom Hanks because we're like, hey guys, oh, so we're living this
0: reality well i was actually just going to ask a side note of i know you've been keeping track of some of these stories so when do when can we expect the domner terminal film
1: right please tell me you ate
0: ketchup on
1: saltine crackers no but we ate a lot of
2: kimchi soup
0: oh my goodness. i bet <laughs>
3: yeah. um, we've never had much korean food before that but we got our fill in that five days <laughs>
0: <laughs> i bet Wow. Okay. So you, so you traveled and okay. So then at that point, then you, I can't remember where we left off in the story, but things had kind of slowed down from the original plan. Mm
3: -hmm. And then,
0: and at what point in the journey was that?
3: So that was just this last January. So about six months ago, actually February, I think it was. Uh, so about six months ago, seven, eight months ago now, something like that. <laughs> I think that's six <laughs> months ago uh, now. <laughs> Time yeah, sort gets a little blurry. <laughs> so we started We started off with Central and South America, and then we did a cruise to Antarctica uh, in December, and then we, we came back home for the month of... Uh, like last half of January, early February. And then we flew over to Asia. We started season two, we called it for <laughs> and, uh, season two. We went to Asia. So now we've got Australia uh, and Australia. Yeah. So we, oh, we went over and started in <laughs> Thailand and uh, did Bali, uh, which was incredible. We had amazing experiences in Bali. I think that's. Of all the places that we've been, that we are like, we could see ourselves living here. Bali's been the best. And we did Australia, the Philippines, and then back to Thailand for a little while, and and then now we're here in the U.S. for basically just the holidays with uh, with family. too. Uh, the grandparents won't let us take the kids straight for too long. So, <laughs> <laughs> and
2: then season three, we'll go to India, Africa, and 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 Europe. We are undecided. We don't know if Europe's going to be part of season three or season four. We haven't. We haven't decided if we're going to have a a hiatus. We're now talking about it as sabbaticals. Sabbaticals from our life of vacation. Sabbatical
3: from travel. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. We have the same problem.
1: We do, actually.
0: Um, (laughs) I. I told India not too long ago, like, I was like, you've got to be careful because, like, we'll come back from a trip and then we'll get like two or three weeks away. And she's like, I just need a vacation. Yeah. I'm like, you, it's (laughs) It's every time. It's like clockwork. (laughs) You've got to be. And, like, if you're in, I mean, just depending on the circle that you're in, like, you know, there are a lot of people that, that, have vacation two or four weeks a year, and so yeah. I'm like, let's be careful because, like, it you know, you it's, can't tell very many people this.
1: I started <laughs> no. getting a lot of eye rolls, and that's when I was like, oh, I need to be wiser about what I'm saying right now.
3: So well, it's, yeah. funny. it's just like just like entrepreneurship. You know, you, you can only the bottom ten percent and the top ten percent. 99% of people it. just don't understand. Yeah, you can't even share it because they just, they they, they either get angry or frustrated or roll their eyes or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, Why don't you yeah, go they, get
2: a
1: real they're,
2: job? They're right. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, but, yeah. 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 The worst thing, they're just like, come back up into reality. Like, you don't need to worry about payroll for 20 people. Just have somebody else pay your bills when you show up for work. And that sounds really great when you're at the bottom of the roller coaster, but then you get to the top and you're like, I just made $15,000 in an hour. And they're like, I don't even understand how that's possible. And you're like, yeah, it's fine. I, I I'm happy to ride both the ups and the downs. This is part of the journey that I chose to take. You can stay in your happy median. Like I would go absolutely crazy if I had to live your life. Like our worst case scenario is most people's normal like that nine to five is just oh yeah i decided a long time ago we would never go back to nine to five we would rather go be like swiss family robinsons on Kauai jungles than go back build
3: a tree normal. house we'll figure it out
0: <laughs> i'm not above exactly. that I, I, i'm not i'm okay with that <laughs> Speaking to entrepreneurs, and I want to ad- address and have you expand a little bit more because you spent, like you said, a considerable amount of time getting yourselves ready, not only mm-hmm. like the house and stuff, but getting your businesses ready. So what did what was part of that process of getting yourselves ready to experience that freedom and getting your business ready for that journey?
3: Oh yeah. my goodness! It was they're, they're definitely I would say there's there's two very distinct so personally and the kids and the house and then the business. Uh, on on, <clears throat> I'll start with the the personally and the kids and the house and everything, and uh, I'll let Caitlin touch on the business a little bit, kind of getting the pieces in place so they so they would run themselves. But <laughs> uh, it was it was definitely a journey. I mean, first of all, deciding and telling people that we were going to leave for this you know grand adventure uh, a year and a half before we left we've done a lot of crazy things. So, so people, when, when we say we're going to do something, people are like, okay, yeah, they're probably going to do it, but, but everybody <laughs> just thinks we're a little bit crazy. <laughs> so, so, so telling everybody, okay, we're going to do this and and starting the process and packing up our house and just kind of culling everything, which I think was healthy, even if we didn't go on the mm-hmm. trip. I mean, just, just going through and, and getting rid of, of so much stuff. And we have been in the yes. same house for 10 or 12 years and it was very, yeah, you know, we, we were, not hoarders, but we we kept a lot of things, and so it was it was so healthy and refreshing to to kind of clean everything out, get rid of everything into like a twenty foot storage container. We, we put everything into it, and then telling the kids how we we're what we we're going to be doing, which they didn't really understand until we got on the road. I still I still wonder if the kids totally understand what we're doing, but um, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> yeah. They they have such a, a strange perspective on the world that everywhere we go, Bradley, our youngest, is like. Well, which home are we going back to today? <laughs> or every time we leave somewhere, he's like, "Are we going to come back here tonight, or are we going to go somewhere else?" It's just yeah. weird questions that no other children know to ask. <laughs> um, so there was there was definitely a whole transition there, and financially, making sure that we had money in the bank, and and kind of prepared for it. And then on the business side, bring it on the team and that kind of thing and, and making sure that, that, that everything was in place that we didn't have to be connected every single day that, yeah. Caitlin, what, what about uh, from your perspective there?
2: Yeah. I think the first thing you said, like being really intentional. So I think the biggest reason people don't do more with their lives is they either don't have a clear vision or they have a clear vision that changes too quickly. And so it, I don't remember what year it was, but probably 2017, 2018, we were in our coaching mastermind group, which every entrepreneur needs one of those. And they were setting the intention, like, what's your big dream? Like, what are you working towards? And as Michael and I were going through that, it was like, we want to travel the world. Like when you play that cash flow board game that Robert Kiyosaki made, right? Like world travel was always the end goal. And so it, it the first question was like, well, why aren't you doing that now? And I was like, well, because the kids are in diapers. Michael has an older son who's still in high school. We want to make sure we're here till he graduates. So we had all these reasons that we were still in one spot. And we're like, okay, well, once the kids are out of diapers, once Nathan's graduated from high school, now what? And so we we use those hard pieces of our life to determine the start point. so we knew it was going to be summer of 2021 and and then it was reverse engineering say okay, so in order for us to do that, we need to be bringing in let's say 10,000 a month in cash flow in order for us to bring in 10,000 a month in cash flow, we need this many clients. In order to get this many clients, we need this many sales, this many conversations. So just reverse engineering that piece uh, to set your sales and marketing goals and work towards those. And then of course, there's the operation side. So what is it going to take to fulfill those client orders without, like, let's assume that I am in the jungles of Cambodia and I don't have Wi-Fi for two weeks. How are we going to make sure that the whole business doesn't implode? So putting in policies and procedures and hiring team members who can execute those and and hold down the fort when, when you're out of communication. And then I will say there was just that, the happy coincidence that COVID ended up being a boon for us financially. So, so there's an interesting story that I'm, I'm telling in my upcoming book, The Ecstatic Way. But in 2017, I had a client uh, refuse to pay us. So she broke her contract. She stole my team out from under me and she didn't pay us hundred thousand dollars in commissions. Very <laughs> uncomfortable. And then, and so we spent like $75,000 in legal fees, just trying to get our lawsuit against her approved and finalized. And so that finally was uh, approved and whatever they call it, she's supposed to pay us that plus the legal fees. We're like, fantastic. Well, she declares bankruptcy and she's protected by the state of Florida. So we were done. And so at that time, 2017, I had just lifted this $175,000 debt to the universe. And I was like, okay, universe, you better pay up because this, this is what I'm owed. So when COVID came, government grant money came in at 176000 mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, well, there you have it. I even got some interest paid on this. So that money ended up being what allowed us to put the systems in place and put the marketing in place and give us the, the kind of cash flow cushion that we needed to feel really comfortable about making the transition. So, it, it, I mean, everything is always working out, but I, I absolutely believe that that miracle came because I had set the intention, because I had said this is what needs to happen in order for us to do this. And so, God and the universe are always orchestrating all the little pieces to make it happen. So, whatever you want to do, maybe you want to start a charity or you want to just Put your kids through college debt free. Like, have a really concrete goal. I love vision boards, mind map, mind. What is the, mind movie? Right, seeing your your goals and setting those intentions, and then and then just doing your reverse engineering. So I start in feminine energy, see the vision, see myself in that future reality. Then I move to the masculine and I reverse engineer the plan. And then I move back into feminine energy and I say, okay, God, now it's your time. Like, we're going to be co-creators of this reality. And sometimes it looks like the plan that I made and sometimes it doesn't, but either way, it's, it's how I get really clear to the universe that this is what I want. This is what I'm committed to doing. And now I'm committed to you doing everything else. And, and so that's sort of our protocol for life, really.
3: Yeah, I think another piece there too the with the just the intentionality of it that that we had to how intentional we had to be to make everything work, uh, and another piece is building healthy boundaries with your clients. Uh, so we've uh, we've we, we've always I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs fall into. Uh, being available and, and, and almost over, <laughs> over delivering for their clients. So, so just having that healthy boundary and, and being able to say like, Hey, we're only here on Mondays and Wednesdays and Fridays, because the rest of the days we're doing school we're traveling, we're doing these things. So kind of that forced boundaries was, was very helpful for us as well. Cause we would, we would fall into it. We're like, we love what we do. Like, why wouldn't we do it six days a week? Uh, you know, 20 hours a day kind of, that we weren't that bad, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, it was just because we loved it. it it's hard to build those boundaries. But once we had to because we were doing other things, that was really a game changer for us in our business as well.
2: And I will say, because I love what I do, we love what we do, I tend to skew towards the workaholism. And I had always told myself, well, I'm just working so that I'll be free so that I can spend more time with my kids. But until we actually hit the road and I literally couldn't work all day every day, I, I couldn't set the internal boundary. So travel for me has been so freeing because it's forced some external boundaries that I've now gotten used to that rhythm. So now when I have to work more than like two hours a day, I'm like, oh gosh, guys, this is exhausting. Like this is a big day, (laughs) right? But it's because I'm like, okay, well, we get up, we do school for several hours, then we go on several adventures. And when we were in Asia, I couldn't even start work until 8 p.m., so we had all day, we were we were going on adventures, we were doing the school, we were uh, have, making dinner. I would put the kids to bed and then I got to start my work day, but I'm an early to bed, early to rise kind of gal. So I'm like, okay, two hours of work between eight and 10. That's all I can fit in some meetings for. And so, yeah, you do that for a couple of months and that just becomes your new normal. And mm-hmm. there's like this law, I don't remember who, I think it starts with a P, but your work expands to the amount of space you give it. If you only have two hours a day, it will only take two days, two hours a day. Like you will figure out how to prioritize, how to ask for help, how to delegate, how to resource, but you decide, is your workday going to be a 12 hour behemoth or a two hour in sprint? Um, But yeah, so traveling has habituated me to a different lifestyle that I'm hoping that even when we get back to the United States and we have a home base, I can still maintain that rhythm because I I like it a lot.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's cool. I I was actually just talking about that in two different instances the other day, and I didn't know that that was actually uh, like a law that somebody had created. But I was using the analogy of like you know your your work and what you do is like a is like a gas, and it just fills the volume of the container, which is exactly okay. what you're saying. So now I'm fascinated yeah. by like you know where where i heard that previously or you know how that, how that came about but but it is true like i can i was talking about how i can have you can have 2 hours or you can have 8 hours and a lot of times mm-hmm. you get the exact same amount of work accomplished yep. um because you like you know you find yourself filling time with other things mm-hmm. that are less important and yeah. then and so like even over the summer we were talking to somebody and and they were like so how much how much have, do you how much time do you spend in front of your computer and they were asking India and they're like, <laughs> she's the
1: worst person to ask. And
0: she was like, they're like over the summer, how much time do you spend in front of your computer? And she's like, looks at me and she's like, like eight. And I was like, maybe. And, she, and they're like, oh, a day. And she's like a, a month, uh-huh. eight hours. <laughs> it has not been much. Uh, yeah. yeah um you know. and so
1: there were a couple days here and there that I had to work more but on uh, consistently it was like oh no just a couple hours a week and making sure I was yeah. taking emails and communicating keeping things going and yeah
0: and to be and to be fair like part of the summer we took away from the business and we right. we spent time developing we're our working business, on our business um, a lot yeah. right. instead of just focusing on the on serving clients. Mm -hmm. And so we stepped away from a bit of that work. And so things changed a little bit. But man, that is so cool. And I love the way that you that you talk about it and the reverse engineering, because just yesterday I was in your ecstatic sales training, which by the way, it was phenomenal. Like, absolutely loved it. He told me all about um, it. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> um, and uh, and I was I was crushed that I had to leave early. But like listening to the way that you talked about it, and just the simplicity. And so, like, for those listening, I want to key in on the fact that you had said just reverse engineer it. And sometimes I think that's such a major step that we that we miss. Mm-hmm. But you have this incredible calculator that you created. Just, I mean, and again, it's very simple, like. -hmm. One of those things that I looked at and I was like, "Yeah, why didn't I think of this?" (laughs) Um, (laughs) But just to to help you figure out, like, I want to make X dollars a month. Therefore, Mm -hmm. I, you know, and then this this much goes into taxes. Yeah. So, do you want me to the the
2: formula? So, yeah. So, so just what you want your monthly or your annual income to be, you multiply it by one point three to budget for taxes. That gives you your take home pre tax take home goal that you want to be making. And then whatever your percentage of take home is. So if you're a business, if you're a sales professional, your commission might be 10%. I don't know. So you would divide by 10%. If you're an entrepreneur, you might be able to take home 50%, depending on where you are in your business growth. So you divide by 50%. That gives you your revenue goal of this is how much revenue I need to make per month or per year. And then you can divide it by your average price point. So if you're selling a $5,000 thing, you divide by 5,000. You're selling a $20,000 thing, you divide by 20,000. And that gives you your sales goal for either per month or per year. So you can get a sense for this is how many clients I need to bring on in order for me to do the thing that I I want to do for myself.
0: Yeah. And it, and it breaks it down so that it's mm-hmm. so easy because I think a lot of times we set these goals and regardless of what the goal is, if it's, you know, if we're setting goals correctly, I think they need to be big enough to scare us a little bit, but then yeah. it seems so lofty and so out there. And then, but once you reverse engineer it into what you actually have to do. And so in that training the other day, yesterday, I was like looking at those numbers and I was like, it's not actually that difficult because once mm-hmm. you help me break it down, then I was like, oh, it's, it's attainable.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, once yeah, you for, see a number like one or two sales a day, you're like, oh, I can do that. No problem. <laughs> but if you look at the $2 million Harry Audacious Goal, you're like, oh, that's, that's overwhelming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: Yep. Okay. So, so from there, I want to move over to uh, something else because, and make sure that we, we focus in on this because you're getting ready to launch something new. And so There's that. And then I was also hoping that you could touch on yesterday in that sales training, you shared a story that was like uh, from the the depression side of things. And Mm -hmm. if you're willing to share that, I would love to, because it was so, it was so uh, revealing and like something that entrepreneurs really struggle with.
1: Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And so, yeah, if you're willing to share that, I would love to talk about that and then go into what you are creating out of that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it is, it's, we were talking about this before we started the podcast that with entrepreneurship, it's, it's easy to share the middle section, but it's hard to share your 5%, 10% worst and your 5, 10% best. So nobody in the muggle world (laughs) understands (laughs) the the, the best and the worst, the highs and the lows of entrepreneurship. And so it's easy for us to, to brag about the good stuff that's going on in our lives, especially on Facebook and Instagram. And, and if you just looked at our all over the map family Instagram account, it does, it looks like we leave a charmed existence and, and we are incredibly blessed. I, I never take that for granted, but I was still struggling with anxiety and depression. And I remember I was sitting on one of our tropical beaches, like turquoise water before me palm trees above me and still thinking what if I just run away what if I declare bankruptcy what if I file for divorce what if I just like leave everything that I've worked so hard to build because right this internal (laughs) this this internal part is the part that really matters and I didn't have it like I was collapsing and um we just got scuba certified and it's it's this idea that you need to maintain equilibrium that you, when you're, when you're descending pressure, external pressure, you have to internalize, you have to clear the pressure on the inside. And uh, so your ears don't pop as you descend. Right. And so in entrepreneurship, I think many of us get out of our depth and we don't have a way to clear our ears. We don't have a way to equalize the pressure. And so the reason I'm so chucked up is like, I, I got to do a cacao ceremony at Bali and it was just one of those beautiful mystical experiences where I felt like God really spoke to my heart um, and he's, I heard it's safe to shine and that was what I needed to hear and so <laughs> since then there's just been this flood of downloads of the the thing that I needed which I don't really have a name for it, a framework, a methodology, a way of thinking about the world that for me solves my problem. So this is what I've used to cure my depression, relieve my anxiety. I'm, I'm happier in my marriage and my business than I ever have been before. And so the acronym is SALT. So S is for surrender. So just stop what you're doing surrender to what's happening don't try to fight it. Just accept that this is the reality and, and make peace with the reality as best you can. The A is for alignment. So <clears throat> I believe that emotional suffering comes from believing a lie. So if you can follow your train of thought back and find the lie, like I'm not good enough, uh, this, is, this is, will never work out for me, I'm alone, right? Whatever those lies are that's causing... The uncomfortable emotions of anger or sadness or fear or, or shame and we can exchange it for a truth like i am loved i am worthy everything is always working out for me the truth will set us free and we can bring ourselves back into alignment and so what we teach people is connect to your highest wisdom your deepest joy and your most expansive gratitude for the world right so you you align with those pieces bring yourself back into alignment and truth so that you are in a state of flow. So gratitude, love, joy, peace, like these are the things that are continuously available to us when we're in alignment. And we know when we're in alignment, cause that's, we feel that feeling of perfection and ease and bliss and ecstasy, right? Which is why we chose the brand name ecstatic way. And then so assault is surrender, align, and then listen and take action are the L and T. So listen, once you're in that quiet space of gratitude and appreciation and love and joy and peace, then you just be still and you just listen. And and sometimes it's a really clear direction. Sometimes it's just a hunch. And sometimes the hunch is I should take a nap. (laughs) And sometimes sometimes the nudge is I should go text somebody um, and then just act on it, take action, go do the thing that you got the hunch to do. And I shared on on this yesterday on the training, after one of my meditations, I had this nudge to text Heidi. So I went onto my Facebook friends and I typed in Heidi and two Heidis popped up, the one I was looking for and right above her, the one I was not looking for. The one I was not looking for, we ended up having a conversation. I texted her too, because why not? And she's one of the top sales performers at Tony Robbins, and I'm going to be working with her personally. And our target is for her to be his best sales rep so she can introduce me to him (laughs) so that I can get this message out through his platform to more people. Because my vision is to take this message to a billion people. And I'm like, well, that would be the easiest way to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so, so yeah, it's just little things like that of like, just surrender, align, listen and take action. And so that's become the heart and the core of, of what we're building. And so the plan is to teach people how to do sales this way, how to do business this way, how to do their marriage this way, how to do parenting this way. So that all aspects of their life can be really reflect this reality of surrender, alignment, listening, and taking action,
3: We're working on kind of a whole suite of uh, ecstatic life, ecstatic love, ecstatic business, and and uh, kind of trying to build out a full a full picture of what life can look like with it. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. really cool and
0: so so coming into January. And that's when, you Now, is that branded Ecstatic or is that, does that have different branding to it?
2: So EcstaticWay.com will be kind of the, the hub, the home base for the book that will be published sometime in the next year or two. And then EcstaticSales.com is where you can join the sales course. We're starting that one. The first group will start in January. And then the vision is we'll have it probably every month. We'll start a new cohort for people who want to go through it together and build a community around doing sales, using this methodology to clear their resistance and overcome their limiting beliefs and do more than they ever thought was possible. And I'll just add one more thing, because you said your goals should scare you a little. For me, the way I think about it is you set the impossible goal, something that's impossible for you as you currently envision yourself, Mm -hmm. so that the goal forces you to become somebody, like if you want to do what you haven't done, you have to become who you haven't been. And so that's it's how do you use goal setting to evoke personal development and and use everything in your life as like a a soul gymnasium, a boot camp for, for your spirit, so that you're becoming who you're supposed to be becoming and becoming your highest and best self through the act of reaching a revenue goal through the act of reaching a relationship goal through the act of a creative goal. So if that's, that's really what we want to do is have people who have, they're, they're blowing their minds. They're doing things they've never thought was possible before them because they're on this path of increasing awareness, increasing enlightenment, alignment and enlightenment, I suppose, as they go.
0: That's amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited just for just like hearing about that. And then for people being able to get involved. and, And I know that sales has been a huge part of our journey, probably more specifically me, just because I've always had such a hard time with that side of things. And it's the first time in my life where I have felt I'll say no shame about selling because Mm. it's the first time that I've been so confident in the product that we offer and the service that we have that I'm like, no, absolutely. Every business can benefit and needs what we have. And before it, like I was never able to fully get to that point. And so I'm, I'm really excited. And so hearing what you're doing is yesterday in that, that training, but then what you're doing moving forward has just been uh, really encouraging because I'm like, I'm finally at the spot where I'm like, ah, I get it. I get how sales can be really Mm -hmm. fun. Yeah.
2: We think if you're doing it right, it should be an act of love and service. Like this is how you transform your client's lives. And consequently, if you're doing it right, it will also transform your own. And yeah, I don't even know if you got to hear like the six mindset principles. So we fall in love with yourself fall in love with your client, fall in love with results. So I think that's the biggest thing you're touching on is we don't sell products. We don't sell services. We only sell results, right? So what is that thing that you're promising to people? And when you can focus on that, your ego just sort of dissolves. Like it's not about you. It's about your clients and their results. Falling in love with numbers because a lot of entrepreneurs are, are put off by their numbers. Falling in love with money and then falling in love with action, so there's no such thing as perfection or failure. These are just mental constructs and when you can let them go, you become unstoppable. So yeah, it's it really can be a beautiful journey of of love and service to the world when you when you're in alignment.
0: Yeah. Coming back around to to your family and we are huge on freedom and adventure and being able to live the life that that you desire to live. And I wanted to actually, so I have that question and I'll table that for a moment to ask, what is it like working together? Because as you guys know, there are not a lot of spouses that work together and not a lot of spouses that work together well as a team. it's a question that we get a lot Mm -hmm. and I would assume you get that a lot. So yeah, if you want to
3: share a little (laughs) bit on that, no.
2: (laughs) I'm going to let Michael answer this one. Yeah,
3: Yeah, no, it's interesting because, uh, we've been working together for the last like 2013 is when I left or maybe 2014 is when I left my corporate job. And so we've been working together, you know, full time, full time, living together, parenting together. (laughs) We're together all the time. (laughs) And even more so now that we've been traveling. I mean, we just, uh, you know, we're we're in communities where uh, we're Nobody else speaks English, so I mean, we're, we're literally <laughs> our each other's, our, our family is our our the limit of our support group sometimes. And no, it, it's been magical, uh, also very difficult at times. <laughs> Caitlin and I are very well matched. Uh, you know, her her weaknesses are my strengths, and vice versa. Uh, so we so we so we work really well together. But it's also kind of making the making the decision that that this is how we're going to live our life, uh, being intentional about it. We we always say if we're not getting along or we're not seeing eye to eye, like we need to go on a date. We need more time together, mm-hmm. <laughs> which yeah. is which is kind of funny, right? I mean, from from work relationships, it's like I just need some space. I need to go home, like clear my head, be done with it. And it's, well, it's, and it's kind of counter really to awesome. what you want in the moment yeah it's like, like saying,
1: no, I, you bug me I, let's I, hang out more
0: yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i think too giving context to we have we have several different facets of our relationship right we have business we have parenting we have marriage we have friend she's my best friend uh, we have all these different things and and kind of recognizing what mode we're in at the moment is important mm-hmm. as well so you know seeing seeing w- how we're interacting and if there, if we feel any friction usually it's because the 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 role is like it's either taken out of context or taken out of the time that we're spending in that moment so mm-hmm. so it, it's yeah it's, it's really an interesting perspective I guess that, that that we're just always together but in order to be healthier we need to spend more time together and and a lot of times we find that without the kids helps as well uh, th- things are just kind of extra uh, charged and we have a we have a lot of additional emotions running when we're when we're in groups of people or with the kids so getting to where it's just us is important as well it's making sure that we spend that time together which isn't easy when you're traveling either <laughs> Caitlin mentioned that like care.com uh, I think we, when we went to Australia, we decided to do a a three-day live aboard to dive the Great Barrier Reef. And one of the things was was finding somebody to watch the kids and, and just spending mm-hmm. that 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 three days just with Caitlin and I was so refreshing. I mean, it, it, mm-hmm. it, it was rejuvenating for our relationship. <laughs> Turns out you
2: can miss your kids if you're away from them. That's <laughs>
3: <laughs> that was a new development. That was good. <laughs> so much truth
0: right there. Oh my goodness. <laughs> We had, <laughs> I think it was be- between, uh, on a, uh, let's see, between May mm-hmm. and between the middle of May and the end of September, I think we had two, like five or six hour time slots without the kids. Ooh, and, although uh, you took them once and, and like, I was like, bless his soul.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> but,
0: but, yeah, but like those times and it is really funny. And you guys can probably relate to this as well as like when you're with them of the time, and then you're away from them for like two hours. And then you're like, we miss our kids. Where are they? (laughs) And then you
1: think, what's wrong with me? I need to like, this is good. I need to be here in the moment and not miss them so much. Like, this is good. It's healthy. (laughs) Yeah. And I do,
2: I think that's interesting, but like, I do think it's one-on-one. Like I've noticed when I'm one-on-one with the kids, they are different. I'm like all of the little things that drive me crazy when they're a threesome and they're playing their roles in the family dynamic, it changes completely when I take them on a date and it's just Jackson and I, or just Cora and I, or just Bradley and I. And like, I think that there's, there's something really important of having that one-on-one with every spoke of your wheel to just reestablish that clean palette. Like this is not you as the middle child this is you as you um, and so it, it helps us to kind of rebond and, and build the trust i'm discovering that you don't you don't parent during daylight hours you parent during the snuggle time like you parent when everybody everything is calm and you're lying in bed and you're talking about how the day went like the daylight hours is just continuous triage. Like you're just trying to make sure everybody stays alive. just keeping them alive, yep. (laughs) So that's been helpful for me is like, give myself permission. Like what happens during the day is just triage. Nighttime is where we nurture and do the parenting work, where we do the mindset work, where we feel the emotions and we process the things and we do all of the, the, the powerful work, which makes bedtime long. But it's it just that's at least for me, that's what I find I'm able to be wholly present and do the work for them that I do with myself instinctually, uh, the mental health tools and habits and stuff. And we're teaching the kids the methodology now. My 10 year old is starting her hormone swings and so we're talking about how your body can feel emotions that aren't necessarily you, but you can you can it's okay to just let your body cry. It doesn't mean you're sad. You don't have to like, it's just been an interesting thing, kind of giving her this framework of like, if, if you think like mommy thinks I'm stupid. Cause I'm helping her with her math homework. Like we know that's a lie because it makes you feel yucky inside. So it's like, it's just been interesting kind of seeing how this plays out in a, in a bigger circle with the kids and with one another. It also helps because I recognize like, oh, when I'm being triggered by Michael, it doesn't have anything to do with Michael. It's entirely my own trigger. And I get to take personal responsibility for the fact that I made up a story in my head that's making me angry or making me sad. And then I can go back and I can change the story and change the experience and then change the outcome. so it's just, it's been so, so beautiful to see how this is not just impacting my own life, but impacting our family dynamic and, and, and our partnership. And like I said, like Michael and I, Are closer and more in love than we ever have been like it's just it's been so fun to come back from the brink I think you just have a deeper appreciation of of the other person and and I do I I mean part of it is just pure luck like we met each other when we were 14 and 16 and we've literally been pretty much best friends ever since he married somebody else the first time but that's okay (laughs) right but um but just we I think I happen to think we chose each other before we even came down to the planet to be the, our partner through, through thick and thin. And so there's just a lot of gratitude and appreciation for this person who's willing to put up with all of my eccentricities, <laughs> idiosyncrasies, <laughs> and, and is just perfectly aligned. So there's just, I think if you can find gratitude and appreciation, that's the fastest path back to staying in love is like. I'm like, I don't think you can make yourself be happy, but you can find your way to gratitude. You can find your way to trust. You can find your way to compassion. And it turns out that if you're grateful and you're in a state of faith and you're compassionate, it feels a lot like happiness. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. Well, and. And like when we spent a bunch of time working with teenagers, we worked with teenagers for seven years, and we talked about like the idea of you know teenagers say we're in love, and you're like you're not, but okay. <laughs> and then, but uh, I was like love is kind of like a pit, like it's easy to fall into, but it's but but it's like there's ladders everywhere, so it's kind of hard to stay in that pit. Oh. You have to work. Like, it's not like, it's really natural to get out of there. Like, and so, you know, a pit might be the wrong analogy. (laughs) Well, and then from there, one more thing I want to ask you about is that on your adventures, when you set out, you started this whole idea of keeping track of these adventures and turning them into some sort of story. So I know that we don't have a lot of time left, but can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Yeah. So, well, we haven't been as good about documenting in the day-to-day as we were supposed to. So I think I still am posting pictures on our Instagram account from Cairns, which was three months ago, honey. Like So so we're a little bit behind, hopefully while we're here in the States and doing nothing interesting, but just hanging out with family, we can catch up on our Instagram account. The kids started their own journals, which was promising, but didn't last. Uh, And then- (laughs) Uh, I was, I'm doing like my memoir. So like every day when we started, I was writing something down. Now it's probably more like once a week, usually when I'm on an airplane and we're in transition, I'll be like, oh crap, I need to write down everything we just saw for this last week. So again, it's it's just the discipline of, of trying to to make time to think about life as opposed to being in the middle of living that's it been a little bit harder to do and balance than I thought it would be. Like the bucket list family just makes it look easy. I mean, I have no idea how they pull off, pulling off these beautiful videos that they post on social media, like every day. I feel like that
3: it can be, it can be a full-time job. It really
2: can. Just
3: doing that, like these Instagrammers and stuff like that. I'm like, I have no idea where they get the time other than they're probably spending 30 hours a week editing videos. It's just crazy. They are. Yeah. And they and, are. And
0: the problem is that it looks 100% effortless.
3: It right. looks yeah. like that's right. just their
0: life. And then you right. try to replicate that you're like, that is the life. Like, yeah. <laughs>
1: You find out that they've got like three people traveling with them the whole time right. in order to put we, on these full we, production. We actually,
3: yeah, we thought about doing that when we were first leaving. we were like, we need a videographer, we need a nanny. Like, we, we went through all these things. <laughs> we ended up not taking anybody with us, but uh, yeah, there's you definitely could. You could have a full time team of people supporting you in order to make it happen. Yeah. I think, too, I think, too, it's it's kind of a, going back to like just the intentionality and with the boys here. So Caitlin has Cora, our daughter, down in San Diego with her. And I've got the two boys up here with me. Uh, but we sat down a couple nights ago and uh, I was just going through Google Maps and uh, looking at it with our photos and just being like, do you guys remember like you know, a year and a half ago? Now we've seen and done so many things that I want to try to come back to those and, and and really just cement them in their memory. Right. Because if we don't talk mm-hmm. about it, we don't look at it we'll we'll forget it and so I sat down with them and we just went through like our our trip through South America like you guys remember keto you guys did a parkour class you guys did this we saw the the temple you know just all the different things that we did and showed them pictures and showed them the map and where it was and just kind of being intentional about going back and bringing up those memories uh, I think is important for kids but then also as adults I mean there's a lot of things that I was tending to forget, but just refreshing you know, how blessed we are and, and how uh, incredible the time has been and, and just really going back and, and going through those those memories together, I think has been has been great. It's a lot of fun.
2: One little trick that we do and I mean you could do anything, but we decided to do Christmas ornaments everywhere that we travel. So that once a year when we're putting up our Christmas tree, we'll pull out the ornament from our, like Sydney and we'll pull out the ornament from Keto, we'll pull out the ornament from Ushuaia and that'll trigger storytelling. So that was our vision. We haven't used it. We just have a box full of ornaments, but uh, for <laughs> eventually when we have a Christmas tree again, uh, that's, that's the vision that we had uh, to kind of spark those memories.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I, and I think that's so important on like the, from the standpoint of uh, even before we had kids, but as a parent, and I think Mm -hmm. it's a conversation that I'll have a lot because as a photographer, I take a a ton of photos and, uh, and. I drive my wife insane with the number of photos that I take. And And yet
1: I love them all. And I'll I'll complain about them in the moment,
0: like in the moment. And then I'll ask, I'm like, but do you ever regret the time that we spent taking like that photo? Like, was it ever a waste of time to have that photo now? And it never, it never really is. Like sometimes there are stressful times or moments or whatever, but there are a lot of people that talk about just, you know, I just, I live in the moment and I just don't take pictures. And I'm like, there's, there's, there's a side of that, which I, I understand, but I think that it's, for me, it's so much more valuable to have that Mm -hmm. moment. And through the camera, I can be there 100%. I I feel.
2: I'm with you on that. I'm the photographer in our family. And yes, I'm more present when I'm behind my lens, not behind a phone, it's different. But when I'm behind my actual SLR and I'm like, having to change the focal length and the and the aperture like all those different things and I'm like oh I'm getting a different perspective but I'm seeing the art around me instead of thinking my own thoughts and being in my own little hamster wheel so I have found that my camera is almost like a meditative grounding anchor point for me to have a more presence experience while I'm in it
0: yeah well and then coming back, and I mean we drove our road trip was eleven thousand miles this summer. We spent twelve weeks living on the road and and we come back and like the the family would ask the kids and you know and granted they're four and five, so <laughs> they would ask the kids though, like, hey, what did you do this summer? And they're like, I don't know. And <laughs> our kids our
3: kids who are six, eight, and ten say the same exact thing. They're like, they're like, have you done anything exciting lately?
0: No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> What's your favorite spot? I don't know. <laughs>
3: yeah the pool
1: they have but- no idea yeah exactly <laughs> they
2: say that oh my gosh
1: they have it's no so idea how they've had it I know I
2: know and that is really funny because yeah the kids it's like an, it's just normal for kids like everything is new like that's why cardboard boxes are just as entertaining as toys because they're new enough into this world that they don't know they're supposed to be bored with cardboard boxes and so yeah we're taking them to like like our daughter turned 10 on the sea ice in Antarctica. And if you ask her what you were, she remembered That's about the, like cool. the Antarctica cruise is the Wee Station, the Wee <laughs> Station that was in the middle of the mountain. Like, You're like, I think we're doing this wrong. Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> why are we spending so much money on you when we could
2: just give you a cardboard box? <laughs>
1: <Exactly>. <laughs> so um, we have to
2: remember we're doing it for us and for their future selves. Like they will appreciate swimming with whale sharks someday
3: like (laughs) just won't be today it's funny too because in in the the time of going through the pictures with the boys about a a place it's funny one place that everybody remembers is terrible was we went to the the great blue hole in Belize which is like you know bucket list amazing item but we had like a terrible day it was like five hours of rough ocean to get there the kids didn't like the snorkeling it was it was just like everybody was crying all day long it was a very rough day but when I went back and like showed them like the, the pictures of like oh this is where we were on the boat they're like oh yeah like it, it, it reframes it goes from like this terrible experience that they remembered of crying and miserable to it's like oh yeah that's pretty like uh, it's kind of funny to and, see the like,
2: and yeah. even the terrible things like getting stuck in the airport or puking on, on the plane from galapagos or like <laughs> crying at the great or at the great blue hole like they end up becoming some of our favorite stories. Like, so I think it's just, it's such a good metaphor for life that the crappy stuff doesn't feel great in the moment, but usually these are the stories we end up telling. Like there's just something instinctual in us that loves the drama. Like you don't have a good story of sitting on a tropical beach unless you're having an existential crisis, (laughs) right? Like you need that, like, I think we, we enjoy the drama from a spiritual perspective. I think we come for the fun of the conflict. Um, and then once we're through it, then we can appreciate it. But in the middle of it, it's, it can be uncomfortable. But I think everything serves us if we can see it with the right perspective. Yeah,
0: yeah there aren't very many good movies that don't have conflict and then right. some <laughs> level of overcoming. Yes, yeah. so. exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, on that, to make sure that we wrap this up, Caitlin, Michael, where, where do people find you? What is, you know, the action step that people can take and yeah. What else do we need to know?
2: Yeah. Well, we do have our all over the map family is our brand for the travel adventures. So uh, at all over the map family on Facebook or Instagram, we'd love to connect with you guys there. And then the new book is going to be ecstaticway.com. Don't ask me how to spell ecstatic right off the top of my head, but <laughs> we'll, we'll put it in the notes, right? Google and it. then e- <laughs> ecstatic, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Google will correct your spelling. It's fantastic. And then ecstaticsales.com is going to be the sales course. So that's launching in January. But even if you don't make the first cohort, I'm sure we'll be doing it for years to come. So yeah, if if you're in sales or want to start a business, that'll be a great place. I do feel like mastering sales is the start of financial freedom. The tagline for the course is financial freedom through emotional mastery. And so that's what we really want for people is if you can figure out the money thing and make money from the internet (laughs) through sales, uh, then everything in your life that you want to do gets a lot easier. It's not impossible if you don't know how to sell, but it's a lot easier if you know how to sell.
0: That's true. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Both of you for your time Mm -hmm. for joining us today. And uh, yeah, have a great day. Thanks for having having us. Thank you so much for joining us today in our episode as Michael and Caitlin talk about the way that they have worked through and been able to experience life and freedom through their business, being able to leverage that. That's something that we have a high value on is being able to find freedom and be able to experience different things that not everybody gets to do by creating businesses that bring us freedom. And so what we do, through marketing breakthrough is we help create systems through marketing and then through delegation to figure out how to help you live and use and leverage your business in order to create that freedom that you ultimately desire whatever that may look like so if you want to reach out Go ahead and click the link below, which is a hyperlink to my email address, j at marketingbreakthrough.co, J-A-Y at marketing And I would love to set up a 15 minute discovery call with you where we just have a conversation, see if we might be a good fit, and then we can figure out how to go from there. I hope you enjoyed today's interview and I will catch you in the next episode. Have an incredible day. Marketing Breakthrough is a community of entrepreneurs with a vision of creating meaningful, sustainable businesses that allow freedom, fun, and adventure in their lives.
1: Time is the only resource you can't get more of, so we believe in finding a way to achieve our entrepreneurial dreams with freedom in mind.
0: We've designed this resource hub of tools, tricks, and techniques to grow your business and live the life that you set out to create.